0: Welcome to episode 37 of your stereotypical podcast. Uh, I appreciate you joining me whether this is your first time joining me or your 37th time joining me. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody who's who's been listening no matter where you're from or where you're listening from. Uh, I was kind of going through this the other day and it blew me a, away a little bit to to realize like where some people are are tuning in from. And just to kind of go down the list a little bit, um Portland, I mean hello my my home. You guys have been holding it down strong. I appreciate you guys. Uh, all supporting me all over the Portland metro area, uh, whether you're in you know, the city of Portland or Vancouver or Beaverton or I guess even Hillsborough and Gresham, too. We can throw you all in there. Um, Eugene, Vancouver, uh, South Holland, Brussels. I don't know who's listening in Brussels, but you are listening steady and strong. So whoever you are out there in Brussels, I appreciate you. Uh, it means a lot to me. Um, San Francisco, Seattle shout out to Tacoma and Lakewood for real. I, I, sometimes I forget about Lakewood. I went to high school and middle school in Lakewood and I guess I just kind of lump it in with Tacoma, but, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of roots in Lakewood. So I appreciate you guys all coming through and supporting. Uh, it really means a lot to me. Um, I don't get to come home nearly as much as I want to. I'm usually only there like two or three times a year, but every time I come home, I appreciate, uh, being there and it gives me a nice fresh perspective on like where I started and it kind of I don't want to say humbles me, but it's just a nice reminder of where I come from and who I am. So thank you, Tacoma and Lakewood. Uh, Springfield and Eugene, I already know who that is. AD, if you're listening, I appreciate you. I love you. Uh, Tammy and Ace, I appreciate and love you guys too. Um, Bend, Oregon, Chicago, Hopkinsville. I don't even know what state that's in. Louisville, Springfield, Denver, Canby, Blythewood. Shout out to you, Sonny. I know that's you out there in Blythewood. Uh, Puyallup, man, Los Angeles, just everywhere. It's, there's so many different places. Toronto, uh, a couple places in the UK and Australia. So wherever you're tuning in from, I really appreciate you. It means the world to me. And you know, this whole thing wouldn't be possible without your guys' support. Seriously, so I, I just appreciate you guys. And every time I see different people listening, it's humbling. So thank you very much. Um, that's my my little listener shout out to everybody from all over, wherever you're listening from. So thank you again first topic I want to jump into today is Kobe is no longer with Nike. I don't know what's going on over there. I'm sure we'll never get the whole story. I don't know who's going to be the one that spills the tea on that, but oh man, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. I think it's bittersweet for a lot of people too, because it's cool to see Vanessa, like put her foot down and say, well, you guys didn't offer us a lifetime contract. So like we're up out of here, you know, we're hitting the door. Um, I appreciate her standing strong. And I think this cannot be overstated enough because it's definitely been understated Vanessa bryant doesn't get enough credit in my opinion from the masses of how well she's handled this entire thing um, from the time kobe passed and Gigi obviously you know she didn't just lose kobe she lost her daughter as well and i can't imagine what she's going through with with all that and then on top of that to be dealing with contract negotiations with a sneaker company. I mean, I'm sure that's not even at the top of her list, but to know that fans love and adore and appreciate um, what Kobe did and what he kind of means to basketball and and to culture in general um, for her to handle it so gracefully shout out to her. That's, that's not an easy thing to do. And I couldn't imagine being in her shoes. So um, yeah, now this part is the hard part. So what are they going to do with all of those silhouettes going forward? Because there's like one or two more pairs I think that are supposed to come out, and then after that, they aren't going to put any like Kobe insignia whatsoever. So the Kobe uh, Shizoku logo, logo—I'm pretty sure I butchered that—but um, the you know what I'm talking about—the little Kobe logo kind of looks like a tr- uh, funky triangle. Uh, they can't—they're not going to put that on there anymore. They're not going to put the signature on there anymore. So are they about to just be slanging? Uh, what looks like generic team bank Kobe shoes, because if that's the case, I'm sorry. As far as I'm concerned, if you buy a pair of, like, I don't care what it is, you could buy it directly from Nike. If it doesn't have the Kobe insignia on it and it's a Kobe silhouette, you might as well have on fakes. Um, I'm just going to keep it real with you. It's not the same thing at all. I know Nike's had to cross this bridge before with other athletes, but um, this is, like, seriously dropping the ball because Kobe is – iconic beyond beyond comparison in a lot of ways i mean how many how many signature how many athletes with signature lines have as good a body of work as the kobe series um i would challenge that other than jordan and really let's keep it let's keep it real after 14 there's maybe like what five good signature jordans after that um i mean i think there's, there's some cool ones and the storytelling is great. And like, that's what we get swept up in a lot of times is the story, but pound for pound Kobe Bryant has one of the best, uh, signature lines of all time. And I would put him up against I, the only other couple of people. I'd probably throw in that category. Like I said, Michael Jordan, obviously, and Penny. I mean, other than that, at least at that particular brand, who else are we throwing in that list? Cause I don't know anybody else that, that has a body of work like that. I mean, just, I mean, shit, just the Kobe one through six right there. That's enough to have like, you know, some serious competition. So I don't know what they're going to do going forward. Um, I'm curious to see what happens, but I don't know if I'm going to be buying any more shoes from Nike. Um, I seen a lot of cool stuff coming out from new balance. Adidas has been doing some cool stuff. Uh, there's a couple other brands out there. I like that, like what they're doing too. So I'm curious to see what some of these other brands do and, and kind of like what they're doing, but I'm, I'm just, uh, I don't know. That whole thing kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I shout out to Paul. Um, Paul, I appreciate you bringing this up because we were kind of talking about this a little bit last week. What are they going to do going forward with retro basketball shoes? Cause <laughs> now they have like, they have KD, they have LeBron, but like people aren't going to go buy LeBrons like that. Like people don't buy LeBron's to be like, yeah, I'm about to wear this shit with jeans. Right. Like (laughs) when have you ever seen somebody rocking LeBron's with jeans? Go ahead. I'll wait. I'll wait. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. And if they are wearing them with jeans, you know, it's not like the, oh, let me get the tailored taper. Look, it's that bootcut shit. Right. So I don't know like what they're going to do going forward with the signature or excuse me, with the retro basketball silo, because. Uh, LeBron's don't resonate with this generation like Jordan's did with our generation. So they're going to definitely have a a tough time figuring that out over the next few years. Um, I don't see people. I mean, you go through and look at like some of KD stuff uh, from his earlier, earlier days, the KD four is dope. Uh, They could probably retro that, but I mean, who's lining up for those, you know, like who's, who's are those selling out on sneakers? Are those shoes that people are going to be like, fighting each other over. I don't see it. So, I mean, losing Kobe is a big blow to that brand as a whole. And I think that like that ripple effect is going to be tough going forward because Kobe has some beautiful signature shoes. And I mean, they're really, really tough to get to. I think that was another problem is Vanessa Bryant was kind of sick of like the, the difficulty that fans were having, um, in getting a hold of some of this stuff. If, you know, for example, if, if 10 million people want the shoe and there's only a million pairs, that means you only met ten percent of the demand. That's that's creating a vicious resale market, obviously, because if you go on StockX, or Goat, or eBay, because now they verify authenticity, um, all of a sudden, which I find very interesting, they have Kobe's going for like, I mean, the second that they found, the second that people found out that the line was like going away and like they're no longer doing Kobe's at Nike, I mean, prices skyrocketed. Like I'm talking. I looked at a size 14, uh, which is my size for a couple of pairs, and I almost pulled the trigger and was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll spend 700 bucks on two pairs of shoes. Right. Thinking like that's a lot of money. I should have pulled the trigger because the next day I got online, I swear to God, both the pairs I was looking at were going for at least over a thousand dollars from the day before. So. It's the wild, wild west out there right now, man. I don't know what they're going to do, but it's not looking too good for the, the retro Nike basketball silo over there because uh, people are not copying LeBron's. I promise you, if you start retro and LeBron's. Um, I mean, there might there's going to be a few one off pairs, obviously. Yeah, there'll be some, you know, like the, the South Beach eight is dope. Uh, there's a couple other ones. But for the most part, like people aren't buying LeBron's like that. And you can argue with me all you want to. But uh, if you think that Kobe's will excuse me, if you think LeBron's will sell the same way that Kobe's do as far as like a retro standpoint goes. You're crazy. Enough of that. Simone Biles. So Simone Biles was a Nike athlete for quite some time now, and she left and is doing her own thing with Athleta now. And I saw one of the reasons that she that she decided to leave was that she felt like her voice would be better heard in other places. So, you know, kind of reading between the lines and thinking about it from her perspective, she's a young black woman who is watching a lot of things going on in the world right now, especially in America, that she's obviously not comfortable with. And she wants to say something. And I don't feel like she was maybe provided that platform or that kind of like, I don't want to say go ahead, but let's be real. If you're sponsored by a, a, a company, you know, they can kind of tell you like, Hey, what you did there, like that's a violation of your contract or this, that, or the other. So I don't know the details of it like that, but uh, what I'm going to assume is that she wants to be more vocal in her efforts uh, as far as social justice is concerned. And I think she, she made a decision that is going to be kind of looked at funny at first, but if you've ever went and checked out some of the clothes at Athleta, they have some dope stuff. Like they're not, uh, they're not Lululemon, but if you know Lululemon, you know that that is the gold standard of women's workout clothes. I don't care who you are. I don't care what brand you work at. I don't care what you've worn before. If you put on a pair of Lulus, you could feel the difference. And fellas, I know personally, because I was like, oh, this is whatever. I started buying men's stuff from Lulu. Good God. Best stuff I've ever bought. It's It's worth every dime. And I know like Typically you look at a price point like that and you go, okay, that's pretty expensive, but okay. Riddle me this. Would you rather pay $120 for a pair of, let's say sweatpants? So $120 for a pair of sweatpants, that's the best quality. The material feels amazing. You could dress it up. You could dress it down. You could wear it to the gym and it's going to last you a long time. Or would you rather pay $60 twice because the first pair you bought falls apart faster because the quality is not as good. So you spend the same amount of money, but you only have to make one purchase. If you buy the $120 pair, I'm going to go with the $120 pair. Um, you know, you can make the decision on your own, you're grown, do what you do. But personally Lululemon is where it's at anyway. So with, uh, with Athleta, they have great apparel. Like their stuff is really, really good. I'd put it up against a lot of the other, um, higher end. I say higher end in air quotes because I, I feel like it is higher end uh, women's apparel out there for for athleisure. And I think Simone Biles made a great choice. And I think going forward, she's going to have the opportunity to kind of like just do things on her own and do the things the way that she wants to do them. Um, one thing that's been very important for our generation, uh, and I mean millennials, and then the generation coming behind us, I don't know what the hell that generation's called. Uh, forgive me, generation behind the millennials. Why? I think maybe somebody can correct me. Let me know. I don't know. Anyway, um, it's been important for us to be able to use our voice and whatever platform it might be to, you know, say the things that we want to say. So if an employer is against us, maybe speaking out on certain issues, then a lot of us don't want to go work for that company. And like, let's let's keep it real. A lot of us have had in our professional life post college probably three four five different jobs by now some some of us more and the reason for that is because I think we've had the ability to be more mobile in what we do because we know what we want so we're not in that same mindset of our parents of like okay let's grab this good job let's work here for 30 40 years whatever it might be we'll build that pension up and all that and and that's just it we'll right off into the sunset. Um, I think we're doing things differently and I think, and I like it. I appreciate it because we know what we're worth and we're not willing to settle for less. And I think a lot of us are kind of sick and tired of that old school model of like the good old boys club and, and kind of that, that toxic work culture in the corporate environment. So I applaud Simone Biles for being able to step out on her own and be brave enough to do that. Cause it's not an easy thing to step out from that that big Nike umbrella. Um, a lot of things come along with that, but I think she will be much better off in the long run and she'll get an opportunity to do stuff that she wants to do the way she wants to do it. And that's super important. So, uh, shout out to you, Simone Biles. And, uh, I appreciate you doing things the way that you want to do them. I got a little challenge for you guys. So the challenge is simple. It's very easy. Anybody can do it. That's why I'm presenting it to you guys in this way. So, My challenge is all of us have things that we want to do outside of our work, right? Outside of our job, we have endeavors that we might want to pursue. My challenge to you is whatever that thing might be for you, if you haven't told someone, tell someone close to you, put it out there in the world and speak it into fruition. And the reason I'm saying that is because if you tell somebody that's close to you, hey, I want to start this this business, I want to start making custom Uh, I don't know, custom socks. Okay, great. How are you going to go about that? How What what does this look like for you? How does that look in three months, six months, 12 months, right? So I'll start. So something that I want to start pursuing now that I'm wrapping up my MBA, I want to start helping develop small businesses. So when a friend comes to, or when a friend puts out a new business, let's say, and they're not quite sure on how to, you know, Build their website, or how do you get more visibility on the thing that you're doing? How do you increase your revenue like slowly but surely? Um, How do you do these different things? Right. So, I want to consult people and help them be equipped to have the best, smoothest transition into being that small business owner. I think a lot of times people associate business with these big boardrooms full of all these, you know, people with PhDs and masters and all these other things. And that's not always the case. Um, I think most businesses are small businesses. And sometimes those people just don't know because they've never done it before. So having the advantage of, you know, going to school for this and learning these different ins and outs and these different little things, um, that's something that I want to do and I want to implement. So there you go. I just told however many of y'all are hearing this, that's something that I want to do. So my challenge to you is to find that, that next thing that you want to do and you want to work on and put it out there in the world and tell people because- You never know. Uh, you never know where it's going to take you. You never know who's listening to you. And, um, I heard Mark Cuban say this recently, you don't have to be right all the time. You just need to be right once. So that one time that you're right, that one time that you spoke up and said that thing that you were too scared to say before, now people are paying attention to you because now you were brave enough to put yourself out there. So what do you think is going to happen in return? now people are going to be willing to say the same to you they're going to be willing to put themselves out excuse me put themselves out there with you a little bit and i think that's that's how collaboration and that's how like the best ideas start is people bouncing things off of each other working together and trying to move in the same direction at the same time if you know you have you tell three or four of your friends And, you know, one of those friends or two of those friends are on your side and they're with you or, you know, maybe two or three of those friends are knuckleheads and they don't really give a shit about the stuff you have going on out there uh, in your day to day. You know, that's going to be tough. But if you tell somebody that, you know, that you're close with that, like you can confide in that they'll call you on your bullshit. That person will help you. And I think that it'll be it's a helpful exercise to do. So that's my challenge for you over the next week find that person, tell that person, speak it into fruition and start working on whatever that plan might be to get to that next thing. Um, cause I know I'm sure as hell putting as much time as I can into the stuff outside of my day job, because, uh, I have bigger dreams than working for someone else for forever. And I know a lot of you guys do too. So it's not easy. It doesn't always feel good. Uh, editing a podcast at midnight when you, all you want to do is go to bed isn't always the funniest thing in the world, but it's very gratifying And when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. So if I tell you this episode's coming out at 7 a.m. on Tuesday, like clockwork, this episode will be out on Tuesday at 7 a.m. So a little more serious subject matter. Um, A lot of us, you know, unless you've been living under a rock, I've been seeing all these police shootings going on, uh, especially um, people of color and more specifically black men and women. And man, I mean, I feel like a broken record. Uh, This is the 37th episode. And I'm sure if you go back through and listen, this has been a subject, I don't know, 10, 15 times already. And it could have been a subject every damn episode, to be honest with you, because it's like a new things happening every week. So um, my first degree is actually in criminal justice. And one of the things that they emphasized the most in that program was community policing. And I think that's a complete crock of shit. Uh, to be honest with you. And I don't mean that community policing is a bad thing. That's not what I mean. Community policing is a great idea, but they don't implement it. They don't utilize it. And oftentimes when these people are responding to a call in a neighborhood or they're showing up to something, they have no rapport with this neighborhood or these people at all. So they're showing up, uh, you know, and most people aren't excited about the police being there in the first place. And they're having to try to interact and talk with these people that are not from the same neighborhood as them. They don't know a damn thing about each other, and it just—it's—it's it's not a great way to start off a relationship um, that needs a lot of communication. So, how do you go about changing that system? I think um, completely defunding the police is not the right answer. I don't believe that taking money away from that those organizations is the right move. However, I do believe that that money could be better spent on other things like ongoing training. That is something that should be happening every single week. Uh, we exercise our bodies on uh, almost daily basis, most of us. So why are those same people that are trusted with a you know badge and a gun and authority and uh, are going out here and acting like dirty Harry? So my thought is, you know, you have three days on patrol a week, and then you have two days of training, what that training looks like could be different based off the person based off the experience and how much time they've had. But more training is a good thing because that gives them every opportunity to not have an excuse to go out there and do something stupid. So the more that I go run, um, and I'm strategic about it and intelligent about it, the better my odds are at being a better runner. So the more that I'm working with a mental health specialist and learning the different signs and symptoms and things to look for in a person that's having uh, an episode or going through something that doesn't necessarily warrant the response that you are trained to do now as a police officer is a good thing. Um, I think that 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 money could be spread around more to social services like uh, responding to mental health issues and those sort of things. Because if you live in Portland, I mean, you see what's going on. There's homeless people everywhere. And I know that people complain about it and they say all these different crazy things. What the fuck do you want them to do? They have to go somewhere. So where do you want them to go? I I understand it's a problem. I understand it's an eyesore for some people, but let's not act like you and I aren't five bad decisions in a row away from being in the same place as them. Potentially imagine sitting in your, in your place, warm and comfortable, comfortable, with a stomach full of food, and then being like, oh, those people outside in those tents, real eyesore. They're like, Do you know how much of an asshole that makes you look like? So there has to be something that can be done. Uh, there's far too much money in this country to not have a logical solution to it. And I mean, complaining about it and just saying like, it's an eyesore and it's, it's got to go away. That's not going to fix the problem. So uh, I don't know what the answer is, but I will tell you, bitching about it in the way that a lot of people bitch about it ain't the way and having police respond to it. Damn sure ain't the way. So that that's, um, we could get into the weeds on it more, but the last thing I'll say about the, the police police reform is that it's going to take a concerted effort from, from us, honestly, from everyday average people to stay on top of these police departments and make sure that they're being held accountable because, The young lady who was uh, shot in the chest four times by that police officer. Yeah, she had a knife. But you mean to tell me that a 15, 16 year old girl warranted the response that that officer gave? The officer definitely needed to intervene. But my question is, what was wrong with your taser? She's not some six foot three, 280 pound linebacker. And even if she was, what's wrong with your taser? I'm confused because this goes back to police training. Instinctually, they are trained to go for their gun. I want to repeat that. Instinctually, they are trained to go for their gun. So if I train you and I tell you every single time that something happens, that is your response, it will become second nature. You will reach for your gun and you will point it at people. And then the likelihood that you will use it increases. So that was an unfortunate situation. There were a lot of other things going on that they were not informed on when they showed up to that call. And the way that they responded was not correct. I understand that there were things going on and they didn't know in the moment. But at the same time, again, where was your taser? No answer because. That's their instinct. They go for their gun every time. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what the situation is. Instinct instincts kick in, and they will go for it. And, and, and the the worst part of it all is, like I said at the beginning, black people are paying the price for this. But let's not twist it. White people are getting shot by the police and getting fucked up by them too. It's not just black folks. Um, yeah, it's disproportionately uh, black folks far more often. So, um, obviously we're going to be more vocal about that, but at the same time, white folks, let's not get it twisted. The police are fucking y'all up too. So y'all, we are all, we should all be on the same page on this. The, the whole like SWAT team paramilitary, uh, mindset has to go. And the, the easiest way to do that is for us to stay on top of them and do everything that we can to make sure that we're electing people that are holding them accountable and going to have. Um, third party, third parties investigating these police departments that do not have a vested interest in that department. The less connected that they are to that department, the better, because that means that they can objectively make decisions about those police officers' actions. Um, It should not be an internal investigation. So if, if my kid goes to school and He's bullying all these kids and he's doing, you know, just acting up, being an asshole to his teachers. Does the school send the kid home and go, oh, it's cool? The parents are internally investigating. So we don't need to discipline the kid at all. No, they don't. They take care of it because the well being of the other students is at risk. So if our well being is at risk, Someone needs to be able to intervene and say, get that motherfucker off the streets." They shouldn't have a badge. They shouldn't have a gun. They shouldn't be doing this job. And the only way that that's going to happen is if we continue to elect people that actually hold these, these folks accountable. I hope you guys are on the same page with me with that. If you're not and you disagree, feel free to, to let me know about it. I'm happy to have that conversation with you as long as it's constructive. Um, but just know that's going to be an uphill battle for you. So. The last thing I'll say about the police reform issue before, uh, before I wrap that up, I also believe that these police departments need to do a better job of going into these communities, actually getting to know people and actually actively recruiting black and Brown officers, male and female. You know why? Because most police, police departments do not reflect the community that they serve at all. So if we had a perfect scenario and this is in a vacuum, and the population of Portland is, I don't know, freaking 90% white, uh, 5% Asian, 5% black, then we would have 90% of that police department would be white, 5% would be black, and 5% would be uh, different Asian ethnicities, right? because that is a direct reflection of what the community looks like. So then we have people that represent that same community that they're serving at the table when decisions are being made or people are saying things. So it's not, oh, yeah, well, there's this, this bad gang situation over here. It's no, actually, this is what's going on because I live in that neighborhood. Or no, that's not what's happening. That's not accurate because, uh, you know, I was talking to my, my kid and, and they know this person and that's, this is what's going on. Um, Having an accurate reflection of what the community looks like is vital to the success of a police department. If you don't have officers that are from those communities and from those neighborhoods, how the fuck are they supposed to know what's actually happening in those neighborhoods? They're not going to know. It's not possible. I don't live at your house. So how the hell would I know what's going on in your house? But then I'm going to be the one telling you what to do and how to handle things when things come up at your house. It doesn't make any sense. It's the same thing in policing. You have to have an accurate representation of the people that you're serving on a daily basis. So that'll bring us to a close for episode 37, a little bit shorter, but uh, it's just yours truly. No guest today. So um, I hope you're enjoying your, your day, whatever you're doing. Um, I know it's Saturday here, so I'll be posting this on Tuesday. So by then, I'm sure all hell will break loose and I'll have missed something. But it is what it is. I'll get to it on the next episode. I appreciate the love. Every week, the interactions that I have are are just better and better. So um, thank you. Uh, that'll do it for episode 37 of your Stereotypical Podcast. If you're not already following on Instagram, YouTube, or all of the streaming platforms, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, please go do so. Episode 37, over and out. Get a load of this guy. <laughs> this guy. I'm seasoned like a motherfucking fish fry. Fish fry. Fish fry. Fish fry. That's A lot of seasoning. <laughs> Oh, you're a seasoned pet. You're a seasoned pet. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying?